Welcome to Film Tweakers. Picaresque audio reviews of all of your favorite films. A Film Tweak is an extemporized commentary track that is intended to be synced with a Blu-ray, DVD, video stream, cable TV, etc. to enhance your personal viewing experience. Film Tweakers is a seasonal bi-weekly podcast. Please visit us at filmtweakers.com to hear more movies get tweaked, as well as to find other film-related amusements. Yeah, that's pretty big. Peanut. Peanut butter. Okay. I, th- I think I'm good. I think what I, I'm realizing now is that I probably need to shave off the middle of my mustache like a reverse Hitler so that the microphone scrapes against my mustache right now. I thought maybe you just saw this icon for the Google thing and it's got a pencil with a mustache on it. You realize how stupid that was and thought you might shave off yours. <laughs> uh, I don't know which Google thing you're talking about. On the Hangouts, there's like you can capture a photograph screen share what you're looking at Mm. and then there's a draw function where you can draw things on I guess what we're chatting about and one of them is a the the icon is a pencil with a and the pencil has a mustache that's what they think you would draw not like a dragon or a house or the the, uh, Portland building by Michael Graves yeah they think you would just draw a mustache. Uh, I didn't. I don't see that icon, but it's all right. I haven't it's ever right. drawn a mustache, and I've uh, been using pencils for a long time. Coincidentally, I've also never drawn the Portland building. Hmm. Surely you've drawn a Keystone. Yes. That building is the only thing that guy's done that doesn't suck. Are you and it's kidding? Like the worst, and it's like the worst thing anyone's ever done. Is that why it, it doesn't suck? The other things, I guess, are too mediocre yeah. for you, maybe. That one, that thing was like, he should have, I don't mean he should have died. Like, that was the best he's going to do. I mean, like, that was so perfect, he should have just walked off stage huh. at that point. Like, no one, he wasn't going to top his own work. And he shouldn't have ever addressed what he had done to anybody else. Uh, it's still a fucking terrible building, but is that what you slap. is that what you like about it though? That it's so that bad. It's ter- that it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's not. I don't like it for being bad. I like it because it upsets people like me so much that it's okay hmm. to have it. Uh, Why don't you like the Denver Public Library, then? It's not that bad? It's just mid- middling? Yeah, it's just like a banal thing that... He, it looks like a copy of something he had done. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I'm I'm known for doing these things now. Let me make it look like a little village, but one building. It's terrible. And it's unattractive as well.
I, was I mean, right. I wasn't alive. I wasn't alive when the Portland thing was built. I didn't see it go up for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. But it also being unattractive and ugly, but I guess so shocking or upsetting to people. And also, it doesn't make any sense. But no, they shouldn't tear it down. I think they were discussing tearing it down because it's not very well made. And yeah. Uh, they've outgrown it. I think it should be preserved, I guess, but I still hate it. Well, the what I understand is that the interior is just one of the worst office buildings ever built. Like, just in terms of the quality of it and, and the usability and enjoyment of being inside it. Uh, so, yeah, really all it is is the envelope seems like they could gut the interior and build something else inside that envelope. I guess the envelope is made out of styrofoam, though, so if they gutted the interior, it would probably just blow <laughs> blow away. <laughs> <laughs> blow away? <laughs> just, float, just float off like a balloon? <laughs> yeah, I read that it leaks and things are broken inside, but that's not postmodernism's fault. I mean, yeah. Villa Savoy leaks, or sorry, Villa Savoy, as Michael Graves calls it. Villa Savoy, and something else he said uh, that I guess I should start pronouncing. Um, there was that Are video of him that chatting that Cyark posted. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, the, oh, did you watch that video? Uh, parts of it. Because uh, I watched it, or listened to it, rather, and it just cut off midstream, and I never heard the end. Mm. Uh, I didn't know if there was a reason for it to be online. Maybe their beta cassette ran out. <laughs> they only had a, they had one of those tapes that records two hours, four hours, or six hours. They had it set for the two-hour setting. <laughs> Someone took Vic and out in uh, the... Uh, Dome and flogged him after that. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to. I'm not going to check, but... Something tells me he doesn't work at Cyark anymore. He didn't really seem like he belonged there. He Did he go there? I don't know. He just seemed like someone who responded to an ad. What did he do? He just he just checked out the um like the media stuff. Yeah. And hired people to work in the print center. Yeah. And came to find you when you stole shit. Uh no, you're mistaken. It was who found me. <laughs> when he came up to my desk and was looking at some stuff on my desk and he realized his name was written all over it. But he was actually at my desk for something else entirely. I, it was the first time he'd ever spoken to me, but someone sent him to me to ask about something. Huh. Un- unrelated. And I'm like, hi, I'm I'm Roscoe. I'm <laughs> talking about a project or something. And he looked at my... my uh, Are these all my triangle. scales and triangles? <laughs> and he says, where'd you get this triangle? I'm like, oh, there was a free-for-all up in the, in the, in the media lab last week. It was awesome. 
Why, do you know who this, this belongs to? Yeah, it was belongs to me. Oh. I gave him everything back that I had that was his. Yeah. It was it was an innocent mistake. Or it was a setup by <laughs> who's the one who told me to come get it. Cuz he had to go apolog- he had to go apologize to uh on my behalf. <laughs> and the behalf of the other 400 people who stole their stuff that didn't get found with it. Most of it was worthless anyway. Like s- s- trees to scale. Like these little foam trees and stuff. Yeah. Or a little clipper that's made to cut brass piping that you're never going to need. It wasn't like it was a bunch, like a whole series of uh, lead holders from point zero one up to five millimeters thick. You mean rapidographs? Made, made out of steel. Um, should we do a mark before we get too far into it? It's eleven minutes now. Okay. We can delete the mark part and just focus on the other stuff that I'm not gonna delete. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Mark. Mark. Let's do it one more time. Three, two, one. Mark. Mark. I think you missed that one. Didn't you miss that one? No, that sounded right on to me. All right. Um, sounds okay. All right. Yeah, I went and I got a tub here. A tub or a of bucket, what? I guess I should say. Oh, to urinate in. A bucket? Well, not a bucket. Like, uh, you know those pounds of uh, animal crackers at Trader Joe's? It's one of those buckets from Trader Joe's that the animal crackers comes in. Huh. Okay. I think I think it's like a pound, a one-pound bucket. Uh, so you it's bought got it, a lid. You so bought it yesterday. I can seal it up. Uh, I bought them Sunday. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, about 2 o'clock. It is what now? It yeah, that's yesterday. I ate them yesterday. Okay, I ate them yesterday. So you ate a pound of animal crackers in less than twenty-four hours. I guess that's not a big deal, yes. it, really. Between most people eat more than a pound of food a day, I would think. Well, what is it? Flour? Have you ever seen a pound of flour? It's like the size of a softball. That's much smaller <laughs> than my stomach. <laughs> Touche. But uh, if you eat like a Fuji apple, that's probably <laughs> almost a pound. That's correct. So that's not a big yeah. deal. Or like, what? yeah, uh, twenty-four ounces of water weighs seventeen pounds. So if you can go through that, it, you should be able to fit a pound of flour in your stomach. I guess also being that all quantities of food that are equal are of equivalent nutritional value than a pound of animal crackers. Some of it wasn't even is flour. exactly I mean, the same as a Fuji apple or a pound of flax meal. There are people who believe that. I'm aware of that. Although, what did, what did he say? That uh, uh, all, 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 all calories are equal. All calories, all are, calories equal. are the same. <laughs> yeah. I said that so, uh a hundred calories of of ground beef is the same as a hundred calories of peanut butter. 
Yes. I guess it's the, real the same life comparison in terms was how much energy it generates. Since it's a quantitative measure, is that what he's saying? Yes, he's saying that you, well, your body needs calories to survive. I think he just thought that's all you have to have is just a calorie inserted into your mouth. So a pound of chocolate yeah. was the same as a pound of black beans because they both have calories. I don't think he understands that the way... The calorie is just a way to represent the energy, but that's not what the substance is or how it's formed. I mean... The calories that are held within fat are absorbed by your body differently than the calories that are stored in sucrose or carbohydrates. I think your body treats them the same. I mean, there's like calories in an oak tree. I don't think you can just bite into it and swallow it. Uh, is... Does this guy look like he believes that? What do you mean? Uh, uh, does it does it look like he eats more chocolate than he does uh, black beans or chickpeas? <laughs> eats a chocolate bar for breakfast every day, which I know he does. Hmm. Uh, or two donuts at a time that are the size uh-huh. of Frisbees. Well... I get angry that all the, uh, like they're talking about opening a new vegan bakery down the street here. I and mean, then one opens every year and closes because nobody knows how to run one or mm. buys the stuff, as you probably read in the Grindcore tableau. But he was all excited that they were going to open this bakery to sell more fucking cookies and stuff around here. And that this pizza place was talking about teaming up with this donut shop to open a storefront. Because right now they just sell to other restaurants, you know? Mm-hmm. And I got mad saying, why doesn't someone open a fucking restaurant where you can go in and buy, like, a stroganoff or a shepherd's pie or something, like an actual food, a meal? Why is it always donuts and sandwiches and brownies and cookies? Like, why can't we just have regular food to eat? And he called me an idiot for not wanting to eat donuts three meals a day. Must be nice. I guess. Why would you? Why would you want to eat quinoa salad when you can eat... A hibiscus donut that's five dollars for dinner. Idiot. End quote. Uh, are you ready to start this movie or? Uh, yeah, I can. I don't start really it. have any notes or anything. I don't know anything about it, and I didn't make any notes, so I don't know if you had a little package to go. Uh. Uh, I have a couple I, of things I was... I wanted to complain about some stuff, but I don't like, you know, people sitting sideways yeah. or uh, St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Month, I guess I should call it. Yeah. Have you have you watched any of this movie yet? I would suggest I watched that some enough to realize... Have... Yeah. Well, uh, the one that I purchased, it said uh, something, oh, the begotten, and then parentheses, it said Spanish rip, uh-huh. and by rip, I think they meant sales, so I thought maybe the movie was going to be in Spanish, so I watched it a couple seconds or minutes to make sure it wasn't, but nobody was speaking, so yeah, there's. Uh, I don't know if it, 
there's there's no dialogue uh what i'm what i'm driving at is that you'll have ample ample opportunity to discuss any matter that you're interested in discussing during the cool. movie without distracting from anything but yeah. i would say that i do have a couple of uh topics that i wanted to discuss during the movie well, I know that you quit Film Tweakers a while back, but I think the last couple we did, uh, yeah, the the one who chose the film right. uh, introed us into it. So this being your choice, you could uh, bring us up to speed on the movie and how it fits into your whatever, uh, 80s depressing thing or something. Uh, no, this isn't. <laughs> this isn't part of that. Uh, I guess this has a a different place in my cultural framework. Uh. Do you want to go ahead and start it? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can watch it on this separate device here. Let me, uh, this will charge as it plays, I think so. I'll go ahead and, and pitch the movie today, uh, Film Tweakers. We're going to be watching... E. Elias Marriage's film, uh, Begotten. It was a 1991 film, and uh, I guess you could call it an independent film. I would say it's probably <laughs> quint- quintessentially independent. This isn't like uh-huh. uh, the Zach Braff version of an independent movie. Or when uh, when something's independent, but somehow it's called independent, but Miramax fucking Miramax is yeah. uh, paying for it. I guess because it's not made by a studio that's existed for 120 years. Uh, my understanding of the movie is uh, is uh, very limited, uh, and I think it's. It's better to just start it. it. Apparently, there was a sequel, which I did not realize. Hmm. I'm not going to look at it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, Tweet Cards, we've reached the point where it's time to sync your video with the audio that you hear in this tweak so that you can hear our commentary at the appropriate points of the film. Go ahead and begin playing your movie. Let it roll until you see a title screen for World Artist Home Video. Once you see World Artist Home Video fade to black, hit pause on your media player. Return to this tweak and listen to us to count down from three. When we say the word play, unpause your movie and you should be in sync with us. We'll give you a second to pause this tweak while you get your film set up. Okay, we're done pausing. Get ready to start your movie. Three, two, one, play. All right, I'm going. Now we're opening on this uh, prologue or epigram. Not sure what the proper term for that would be. Info dump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is the screen just black for like an hour? Yep. 
Okay. Like a flame what year burning is this? away the darkness. 1991. 91? Yeah. What were you doing in 1991? What year was that? What year was that? Uh... I was probably going to the first Lollapalooza tour. Yeah. I was... When this was being filmed, I was probably working... Jane's Addiction. I was probably hearing about that. Uh, I didn't go to that show. Hearing about Uh, it from the people in your school that you hated? I don't hate people in those bands. I just hate anyone who listens to those bands. (laughs) Uh, But I was probably working at Quick Trip that night. Uh, Or that weekend. To be fair, I never did uh, actually listen to Henry Rollins. Actually, I don't think he was at that. I think it, it was Butthole Surfers that opened the whole day. And huh. uh, Gibby Haynes had a shotgun that I am having to assume was filled with blank cartridges. And he was shooting it at the crowd. Jesus. And then he was breaking uh, whiskey bottles over his head. They were probably made out of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was actually breaking bottles. You could, uh, if you don't believe me, you could ask my friend King about breaking bottles over people's heads. <laughs> not like it is in the in the movies. <laughs> yeah. He ruined uh, okay. a perfectly good What's going on New here? Year's Eve in Buffalo. Uh, this movie is an allegory, I think. So, whatever's going on right now is whatever you want it to be. The th- the thing that I think is, is pretty awesome about this, which I don't know how useful it is, but the way he shot it was like... Uh, I don't know if it was how he shot it, but the way he developed it or cut it was by... He filmed it black and white, then like took the negatives and took a picture of each negative and then printed that and then stitched it all together from all the individual images. So it leads to why it's so crummy looking. He was totally trying to scuzz it up. He could have just waited about five years and just used a plug-in in Adobe Premiere to do all that. Yeah. Not to uh, talk about architecture too much. I don't know if you're going to cut out all that Michael Graves stuff at the beginning, but uh, it's pretty funny Pretty funny to hear students these days talking about how they can't figure out how to do something on the computer, like draw a parabola or something, that uh, I have to tell them that someone like Eric Owen Moss was doing with a lead holder and a sheet of mylar 30 years ago or people have building like insane complicated things for thousands of years but these people can't figure out how to do it on Revit so they just give up and make a box 
I was uh, at oh, there's a Louis Kahn the um, the labs here or I was visiting Philadelphia last summer and I was at the uh, I forget the name of the labs on the Pennsyl- uh, University yep. of Pennsylvania campus. You know what I'm talking about. The ones with those little basement windows you like? Yes. The underside of, there's like a, the entrance is under the building. You know, you walk in under like a forecourt or whatever, uh, underneath. It's raised up. Anyway, uh, the underside of that has a texture, and it's, they're just squares. They're, it's all orthogonal, orthogonal, as Russell Thompson might say. And I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure <laughs> out how to make it. I couldn't figure out how to make it on the computer or, like, in person. If I had the component parts, I couldn't figure out how to do it. I don't understand how he knew how to do that hmm. with, like, a lead, a lead holder. Uh, I guess it just took some manual labor and some elbow grease in your brain. I'm I'm sure I'm quite sure you could figure it out whatever it is. If it was my full-time job and I had nothing else to do, which I guess yeah. was the case for him. Similar like I would look exactly like Hugh Jackman if that was my full-time job, despite what other tweakers might think <laughs> that you have to be genetically superior to look like him. If your, someone your, said here, your face would look like his face, or your your abdominal muscles yes. would look like his. If someone said, "We'll give you twenty million dollars if you can lift two hundred pounds within the next year," yeah. I would, I would probably be able to do it. I couldn't lift two hundred pounds right now, but if I spend an entire year on it, knowing I get two million dollars or twenty million dollars. I'd, I would take the chance. I bet you could lift 200 pounds with your legs right now. Like, <laughs> uh, a like lot of a, people probably a s- can. Seated leg press. Oh, I thought you meant if I was standing up because I'm obese. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about your body weight. I'm talking about a, a Nautilus machine or Bowflex or something. I see. I thought you meant my my trunk, starting at the top of my pelvis, I guess, weighs 210 pounds. I don't know what my legs would weigh. So your body's like legs and then a giant goblet full of donut batter? Well, I don't know if you would count. Like, you wouldn't count your legs as far as the weight. Like, if, you're, if, if you say some fat ass weighs 500 pounds, uh-huh. their legs are probably only supporting, like, 300 pounds. Because I presume each leg weighs 100 pounds because they're pretty big. Huh. You think their legs each weigh 100 pounds? Probably. Jesus. Not mine and not yours, but if somebody weighs 500, 600 pounds, yeah, their legs are probably each 100. You know what? In in light of watching this ghoul cut themselves to pieces, uh, I bet if, if you think about it, your leg doesn't seem that big, but like, if someone cut off a human leg and just put it in your arms, or like made you yeah. hold on to a leg with both hands, it would probably seem really huge. 
Yeah, it's like what four or five feet long, half of a person's height. That doesn't sound right, but I don't know. I tend to think that they're we we take for granted how grotesquely large they might be. Also, speaking for instance, grotesque. I've never held a human head in my hands. Yeah, speaking of grotesque, have you ever really spent some time looking at a human face? It's uh, hideous. Look at to pick anyone's face you yeah, like. I guess some of them are. And look at it long enough. <laughs> it's disgusting. Is this going uh, back to that tirade you have about the woman on mask? Uh she's unattractive. And attractive at the same time. But like compared to say a snapping turtle or a panda bear or a tiger, they all have much better faces than humans do. Yeah. <coughs> hmm. Do you think just intrinsically there's no way that a human face could not be grotesque just by virtue of its inherent properties? Um probably not the average human face like that 99.999 million percentage of people will have but i'm sure there are some mutated outliers out there like that guy in portland who were born with an attractive human face but you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize it as such that guy who looked like alec baldwin and beetlejuice when he yeah. stuffed his fingers through his snout that yeah, his head was had a, his head was just face. a triangle. It was like a, it was just like a giant. No, he was like a giant nose. Yeah, on top of a neck. If you're out uh, there, a guy in Portland with a triangle for a face, please contact Film Tweakers because we're not sure that you exist. Well, I didn't look twice, so maybe it was just a trick of the light. But I saw him, and of course, I looked away immediately. Uh which was probably wrong. I probably should have stared at him so he would feel at ease. Exactly. You know, people who uh, are abnormal like to be recognized and appreciated and smiled at and followed by crowds. Yeah, I think it's a lose-lose situation. It's like calling uh, someone in a wheelchair brave for climbing stairs or something. Uh, You're trying to be nice, but they're just trying to live. So it's condescending to say, look how brave you are. Yeah. What, because I'm going to my law office where I am head attorney, Esquire? Something's happening here. Uh, looks like a violin. Huh. It looked like some, oh, some a hand. sort of droplets of fluid. Precious bodily fluids. Is there a dialogue or a subtitles for this? No. Or is there music playing? Or is it there people is, screaming? There is a, a haunting sound, kind of an ambient, plaintive, droning sound in the background. 
Why did uh, he make this? It's an allegory. That's like Isn't asking, everything? I mean, why did why did someone write the Bible? Hitch is probably an allegory for something. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And it stars Will Smith and uh, the guy from the mall cop guy. That uh, I don't I don't believe that that's the case. I think that it requires some intention behind it. Like I, I hate it how often people say that things are metaphors. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, but people often use the word metaphor to just describe things that inherently exist and aren't intended to be metaphors. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a thing that's real that people are saying it's a metaphor for something. Uh, oh, how about like a building? Or yeah, uh, I like in a non-smart-ass way. I like to often tell people when they say something is fake or just a symbol. Like, obviously, everything is real. Uh, if somebody said a thing, that's a real thing. Now, it's not nothing's fake. Or nothing doesn't exist. Yeah. But just just because something something can be interpreted in in another way does not make it a metaphor. And just because something has properties that allow it to convey an alternate meaning doesn't mean it's an allegory. Can something be both? Can a building not be the building, but also a metaphor? I think it could if someone had approached it with intention. Like not me- everything meta- metaphors that has metaphors two readings accidental. is a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But everything has multiple readings because everything is subjective. But it's different to actually set something up to be a metaphor. That's when something is a metaphor. Hitch, I may be underselling it, but I doubt it was written as an allegory or filmed as an allegory or that Will Smith knows what an allegory is. Speaking of Will Smith, I wanted to call you out on your blatant racism on Twitter yesterday, but I was afraid you would cry and make me delete the tweet. Oh, uh... When you confuse Spike Lee the, for... Uh, Will, uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith was... Will Smith was supposed to be an old boy. He was the original lead actor in it, and then he dropped out, but I had forgotten that he did because I never actually saw the final product. But when they first were talking about it, it was supposed to star Will Smith. Huh. Is it racist to, let's say that I did know that, to confuse Will Smith with James Brolin? I think you Rowling. were confusing Spike Lee with Will Smith. Uh like that no, newscaster who kept was... who kept insisting that uh um who's the guy from Pulp Fiction that's not John Travolta? Sam Jackson. He kept insisting that Sam Jackson was in the Matrix. 
uh, uh, because uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in the Matrix. Right. What do you think of people who mistake Gary Busey and uh, Nick Nolte? I've probably done that myself. But that's because all white people look the same. Case in point, Especially I was at Grindcore. I was at Grindcore yesterday, and it happened again where I just looked around and was confused. Like, how many people were there? Which ones were they? Were they themselves confused? Like, when they looked across the table at somebody just like them, did they get confused? Ah, then I had a dream the night before about a guy laying dead in the street uh, between trolley tracks with a bunch of people like standing around grieving over him and he fucking Lying rolled up head. on a bike at uh, Grindcore the next morning. Still alive. I thought about telling him but I thought that he might find that creepy. Because I've never spoken to him before. Did you, did you tell this... Go so you didn't approach him to tell him. I didn't go outside and say hit by a trolley. Yeah, you know how things are these days. It would probably be construed as a terrorist threat, and I would have been shipped off by now or just killed. Like I'd be surprised if Gibby were to start pointing shotguns at people at crowds (laughs) these days. Uh, if if we could go back to the previous conversation, not to, to take away from your sidebar, but one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was, obviously this movie is not primarily narrative-based. And I was listening to you and Deshaun's uh, Repo yeah. Man tweak this weekend while I was cleaning my basement. And huh. was it actually? I listened to I listened to the whole thing, but I was listening to part, and I was like, "This sounds really familiar." And it was you guys talking about some New Yorker article and talking about uh, Vertigo and Bullet as examples of San Francisco movies. And I was like, "Wow, that sounds really familiar." But I thought I was on yeah. the line for that, and then it got to the end, and I was saying the exact <laughs> same things. And you uh, both were pretending that you didn't know what I was talking about. Yes, that was fortuitous. Yeah. I guess uh, you and I have spent too much time interacting with each other. Or you had stolen my ideas. I never watched those movies with you. Nor have, I think, have we ever discussed them. But it's right there on tape, me saying it first, and then you coming in an hour later trying to take credit for it. Yeah, but how could I have known what you were saying? I was driving my car to a pool party. Uh, The question I was going to ask in light of the conversations y'all were having about plot was... Yeah, I don't remember that. That was embarrassing. If... (laughs) I don't know why I couldn't think of any, by the way, like plot plot driven. I don't even remember the conversation, but what I was going to ask you about in this was movies that 
are insistently non-plot driven. Like yeah, completely stripped of any necessity for following along. I'm not following this. It's just a stream of images that may or may not add up to something. If you had any any films that you appreciated that had a similar approach. Did we have this conversation already? Was that not was that what was going on in Repo Man? There is like a MacGuffin in Repo Man, but it doesn't seem to matter. Uh I have to go back and listen to it. Maybe um, that was what you guys were talking about. I, I really couldn't follow it. Because you kept talking about how some woman had written an article about how plot was important. Yes. Yes. V- versus, that. versus just character. And I'm talking about People, neither. I'm talking about, like, no characters, no plot. Like, just raw imagery. Probably some Andy Warhol movie. None of which I would find interesting to watch. <laughs> no one probably would. Like, They might find it interesting that they are watching it, like the meta experience of, look, I'm watching this Andy Warhol movie for 19 hours. But they're not actually really yeah. enjoying watching the movie. Uh, I don't know if I think of any mainstream... regular world movies that do that. Maybe if you had sent this, and if you had posted this on Asana last night, I could have written up some. <laughs> It'll take me some time to think of every movie ever made and did it have a plot and character in it. Uh, you may have noticed that... Also, I think we argued over something happening isn't necessarily a plot, like... Like the a man put on a jacket. I mean, there something happened in the movie, but that isn't really. It's just a thing that took place. Yeah. Or this room has curtains. It's not a plot. Yeah. So So you you were talking about movie. You asked whether the thin red line has a plot, and in 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 that case, then no, it doesn't because it's just basically saying the war is the context for this movie. I gave Thin Red Line as an example. Yeah. That's pretty good. You asked the question, I guess, of Deshaun. Does Thin Red Line have a plot? Yeah, if and you had I to ask he... someone what what happened or why. It's just the camera moving through the grass and under the water. Yeah. The New World, by the same guy, does have a plot, I think. But that's because it was real people. Yeah, and uh, Tree of Life, I would say, has a plot as well. And people seem to think that was more of a mind fuck than Thin Red Line, but I thought Thin Red Line was almost completely out there and cut up and dissociated. Tree of Life was pretty linear. Any scenes causal. with uh, Adrian Brody in Thin Red Line, I don't understand. Why he was in it? <laughs> it was like him 
swimming in the river with something with children with some voiceover from another time. Are you thinking of Jim Caviezel? Oh, I thought that was Adrian Brody. The, You're right, I guess the, it if was. You could, if there was someone you would call a lead in that movie, it was Jim Caviezel, a.k.a. I guess I'm the, Jesus. I guess I'm the racist now for confusing the guy, for, for confusing the pianist with the Jesus. European. Uh, are they? Are either one of those guys... <laughs> What you just said? Aren't they yeah. both white Americans? Well, they have a a European look to them. They're probably both from America, but they don't look like me. Just like a schmo with like no distinctive coloring, whose hair is basically. Like colorless. Who was it that I saw recently that I thought that's just an English person? That's what they look like. A, like a British person? <laughs> yes. Huh. Like could there be someone more British looking? And I felt bad. Was because it, it was because like of their fucked up teeth? Uh, no, the mouth may have been closed. It wasn't um, giant ears. Was it Top York? Because he has a distinctive look, I think. Who? Tom York from Radiohead? Yeah, I've seen American people that look like him. Well, he has, you know, his eye issue. So I guess that's somewhat distinctive. Most English people don't have that. Yeah. Whatever, it's the same thing that uh, Forrest Whitaker has, and they don't look alike. And Paris Hilton has it, and she doesn't look like them. All what, three of those people, the I thing? can tell them apart. A walleye? Uh, like the 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 muscles in your eyelid don't work or something, so your eye eyelid droops down. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was actually born with his eye closed, so he had to have surgery to open it up, but hmm. it still kind of droops. Like uh, closed as in fused shut? No, the eyelid, he just couldn't keep it open. Like, oh. you could pry it open or something like that. But they had to do something so he wouldn't go blind in that eye, like, when he was very young. As I guess if you keep it closed constantly, it just doesn't work. He should star in a remake of Dario Argento's opera. As someone uh, tapes needles to his eyelid so he won't keep it open, or will keep it open. I was called a, uh, wasn't called a racist. I think I was called a stupid, yeah, or an idiot, for saying that um, St. Patrick's Day sucks. Recently, I was called an idiot for hating the Irish. When that's not really what it's about. I know lots of people who don't, who are Irish, who don't care. I, I'm a quarter Irish. And I don't care. I'm guessing that you are some proportion Irish, and you don't care. I don't even care what proportion Irish. My family in Massachusetts is Irish, almost three quarters or something, and they don't care. It seems like people who are just looking for another opportunity to be public shitheels are excited about it. 
Those people would be shit heels if there wasn't a St. Patrick's Day. It's kind of like the um, these recent frats that have been revealed as like oh yeah racist. I mean revealed. Air- I love I love that you had to say that. Well, like the emails came to light, or like a video chant, or something like that. Yeah. It, I'm saying revealed, like suddenly people realized, oh shit, this particular fraternity is racist. We better abolish that fraternity. When it's not the fraternity's fault that people are racist. I mean, fraternities are stupid, obviously. But those people, once they're out of a fraternity, are still racist shit heels. I mean, that's not what makes them that way. Yeah. They find other people like them that they're comfortable being racist with. But if they're not there to email and to make videos with, they'll just go be racist by themselves. I mean... The fraternities, while they are dumb, didn't start that. And if you ban them from a campus, you're not Do you stopping the Do you think that the they problems. maybe... Those organizations maybe are more attractive in general, proportionally to people who are already shitty? People who are like that probably can't function with people who aren't shitty. I mean, it's like... That's why you would join the football team or become a cop. It's because you have to find people like you because you can't interact with people who, you know, solve problems with their words or like math. So I think they're drawn to it because it's like an instant, uh, you know, instant friendship with a bunch of fellow shit heels. Yeah. I don't know if they consciously think to themselves like, well, everyone in this room at this college is smarter than me or like more self-aware than I am or has the ability to function sober with strangers that look differently than I am able to do. I better join a frat. I don't think they have that conscious thought. I wonder if I'm going to get beat up for saying all this. Uh, I doubt it. But and <laughs> also... It's not really, I guess it, any time something happens, it's newsworthy. It doesn't have to be the first time that something happens. I guess every time someone crashes a plane, it's newsworthy. But uh, when I was in college, there was a fraternity on campus who threw cotton on their lawn and made the yeah, I... uh, minority primary, primarily minority groundskeepers clean it up. While they drank beer and laughed at them, so that group that uh, celebrates Im- so it's not, uh, it's uh, not Rob- new that it's happening. Robert E. Lee's birthday, they have the thing. One of those groups, yeah. uh, Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha is the name of the fraternity you're talking about. Yeah, they would dress up and celebrate and have like a ball on Robert E. Lee's birthday and uh, Confederate Memorial Day instead yeah. of just Memorial Day. Um. Well, fraternities suck, and racism sucks. But I'm saying, get ri- getting rid of one isn't going to solve the other. I think they're just two things that are shitty, that have some things in common. But it's not like one is the root cause of the other. Yes. Like if we ban if we ban fraternities from Oklahoma's campus, racism is solved. Right. I mean, it's easier probably to ban fraternities than it is to get rid of institutional racism. So you're saying that's a good starting place. They should still get rid of them, but that's just because everyone in them is an asshole. 
but the, they're just going to be assholes in the private time now. It just seems like an easy thing to pick on, you know, like blaming Columbus for genocide when he wasn't really the only guy that uh, was culpable. Everyone who lives in North America is culpable, except for Native Americans. <laughs> Have you uh have you tuned back into this this movie at all? I just I just turned my head to look at it here. It's just a black screen. Okay, there's a a bucket. Now there's a someone climbing a hill. There was just uh some sort of corpse or or body that had a liquid pouring out of the top of its head. And then some flames. Hmm. Yeah, some flames. Something is burning. Uh, I see fire. It looks like a fire. Possibly the corpse. The corpse is burning. What's that allegor- allegor- allegory for? Is that a metaphor for something being burned? Uh, it's probably has to do with death and rebirth. Hmm. I here's some here's some people. Yeah. Those allegorical figures represent the forces of nature. It appears the sun is going down, which is probably a metaphor for death, loss of consciousness. Or a symbol. A symbol or a metaphor? Or a trope? Sunset. Sunsets are tropes, not always metaphors, though. I'd have to uh, go back to 1999 when I was taking the class where we learned about all those methodologies. Metaphor, allegory, analogy. There wasn't a trope. I wonder Mm. if tropism is a methodology. Tropical. Uh, another thing that I was going to ask you about, which yeah, I'm not sure if it's appropriate now because I have heard some subtle strains and undertones of music, was the lack of soundtrack in some movies. Yeah. If you could think of many huh. that that came to mind that don't have any music at all, the only thing that I could think oh, of oh no was, music, yeah, it was no country for old men. That was the first thing that jumped into my mind. And remember being really conscious of it when I was seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Really should have said these questions in advance. <laughs> what? <laughs> Now I'm at asking, at being asked to name movies that don't have soundtracks. Not soundtracks, but music. Right. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean the voice voice track, but no background music. Yeah. Or music that's not in the film. Well, I guess Big Lebowski has no non-diegetic music. 
Maybe. Maybe. What do you think about the fact that, I mean, I guess you don't notice, like Fast Times at Ridgemont, po- at Ridgemont High probably has music in the background the entire time. That is not a song. I mean, it's not, you know, an independent pop song that was written for the movie or picked for the movie, but just background noise, tones or something. I guess we're used to hearing it, so you don't pay attention to it. Mood setting music. But it's kind of insane if you actually just listen to that only. Or if you thought about it happening. Like if you think every scene in this film has some random synthesizer playing in the background. It's kind of crazy. Mr. Mom has it. I mean, when you think of a movie scene or a film or something happening in real life, you wouldn't even name the background music. But if you're saying when you don't have it, you're conscious of it, seems as, seems the other way around Wait, should be. You're the saying great... that you when you're when you're thinking of a movie scene, you don't think of the background music. Right, people will talk about whatever mm. some actor did or some scene or how awesome a spaceship exploding or whatever was, not the background theme. Huh, I don't think that's but true. But it seems constant, so constant that you just don't notice it like a refrigerator running constantly. So when it turns off, you think something's wrong. When there's no music, you would probably notice it. But to me, it seems more insane to have music streaming constantly in the background. I think most movies have a definitely most uh, large budget or mainstream movies have music almost constantly in them. Yes. Which I think leads leads I'm, you to not be aware of anything that's going on, but I think that I guess 2001 is my Red Hot Chili Peppers of film tweakers since I bring it up every time. But if you think of... Have you seen that movie? 2001? Yeah. A Space Odyssey? Yeah. Yes. Uh, like the scene where the shuttle is coming from Earth to dock in the rotating space station. I don't think yes. anyone can think of that without thinking of the waltz that's playing right. as, as the score for it. People could probably think of like the scene where uh, we first get on the spaceship and they're playing that really pensive violin music without thinking of the music. Which, by the way, fucking James Cameron ripped off for the beginning of Aliens. Which, the second I heard that music playing, I knew it was going to be a ham-fisted shit show. Wasn't that a homage? Uh... I guess one could call it that, but it seemed more hacky than it seemed respectful or intelligently used. I especially I know since that it there are right into a dream sequence. Oh, oh, and aliens had dream sequences. Oh, or someone dreamt they had an alien in them. Yeah, when uh, Ripley is in the hospital and. The alien starts to burst out of her 
That's stupid. Yeah. The dream sequence. That would be a good topic for a film tweak uh, third part or discussion. Can you name? Can you name effective non-useless dream sequences? I mean, if your main character who, who's on the who's on the poster <laughs> dies from an alien infe- infection within the first three minutes of the film, no one's gonna think it's happening. You don't need to show that to to bring home the gravity of the situation. I didn't think like, oh, aliens aren't a big deal until I saw this dream sequence. Now I understand the stakes. Yeah, that was incredibly um, manipulative. Well, the scene you're talking about with 2001, I mean, things that are made to go together, yes, I think people would hear it. I mean, you you don't hear that Zarathusa soundtrack without thinking of uh, uh, Monolith <laughs> or vice versa or anymore, anymore. Uh, and you probably know what the Star Wars soundtrack is, but they're not actually listening to Star Wars the music when they're walking around the Millennium Falcon, but I think you probably would know the music. Yeah, that's I'm the saying thing. everyday the, the Star things. Wars soundtrack like, would not evoke an image. The Star Wars soundtrack would evoke maybe the the title crawl or something. But huh, yeah, there's not a particular image that would pop into someone's head. When you I guess I'm that, talking about that things that are more that banal, like were made for in Mister in Mister Mom like, when he's when he's looking. And Mr. Mom, when he's like looking out the window when she drives off, I'm sure there was music playing. Can you name the music? You wouldn't even notice that it was playing. Uh, but if it was silent, you'd probably think this was crazy. Yeah. Uh, whenever that woman in Fast Times at Ridgemont High gets out of the pool and takes off her top, what's the music that was playing? Well, I sure don't know. It's some dead silent. Of, some kind you'd of think, rock you'd think music? this is crazy. Who knows? Boston. But I'm saying it's it's insane that something is playing. No, it's probably just like some synthesizer that a guy had to write that week. Hmm. We need a soundtrack. Not not songs that are potentially played on purpose, like in uh, Days of Confused when Matthew McConaughey walks into the bar and they're playing Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Yes, I recognize those two things, and I can think of them together. Or... Uh, Mm-hmm. Stuck in the middle with you when that guy's cutting off the ears in yeah. uh, Reservoir Dogs. Those things are all made to go together. I'm talking about just the regular old background music. Like, okay, uh, Batman had a Prince soundtrack, which was songs that Prince wrote for the mu- movie, and it had a Danny Elfman soundtrack. Both yeah. had two soundtracks that movie. There was even a lawsuit over it. One of them is just the background shit that no one notices that Danny Elfman writes. And one was songs for the movie, in the movie, and some were just about the movie that Prince wrote Right. that you do remember. I'm talking about the Danny Elfman stuff. Uh, constant music that's in everything when there's no music in a scene. <coughs> like, for the characters to hear or for us to associate with it. That's what I'm saying is odd. But it's so pervasive, you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> so much that whenever it's time for Warner Brothers to put out a soundtrack, they even forgot that Danny Elfman wrote songs. <laughs> <coughs> so 
so they put out a soundtrack, and then he sued him, saying, uh, I wrote the soundtrack. Do you think they actually forgot, or they just realized no one would give a shit? So they had to... <laughs> they probably would have put out one anyway. I mean, I guess they do that for movies. I can't think of... What, did he do Pee-wee? Uh, yeah. Was there a Pee-wee soundtrack? No one probably bought it. So they thought, well, we got Prince. Prince, <laughs> Prince is famous. Let's uh, put him on here. I think they did the same thing with Madonna and uh, Dick Tracy. I think they did the huh. same thing. I think they learned their lesson because, you know, the, the Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty and Madonna. Yeah. There was like a Madonna soundtrack, which was either the song she was singing in the movie or song she just wrote, even if there hadn't been a movie, Yeah. on that soundtrack. And then there was like a Danny Elfman version. I think they learned the lesson for that. That time they put out two at the same time, not as an afterthought. But I guarantee today, somewhere on this planet, Bat Dance by Prince is playing, but the Danny Elfman track is not being played. And Bat Dance you is think probably right the second. This second the, someone is listening to Bat Dance? Yes. No way. Doubtlessly. There's no way. I bet somebody is. So at, at every second. There's like seven. There's every, over seven billion people. I know how people. many people there are on Earth, but, but you're there, saying that any given second of any day, at any time, someone is listening to Bat Dance. I don't how believe would, that. Think of it this I way. would say that once a day, probably there's someone seven billion people, to it, but not every second. Yes, I think I think you'd be surprised. Uh, there was that Netflix. There was a, a Netflix thing where they were trying to prove how much it cost, how much it cost them to show movies on streaming when they were getting rid of the streaming versus DVDs. Yeah, <clears throat> and they had a list of like when things were being played, whatever. And there was movies you've never, ever, ever heard of, ever. <laughs> From like the 1940s, and even that, even those were being played 24 hours a day. Like someone somewhere was watching uh, a movie about like a girl who had to buy a new pair of shoes in 1940 constantly. So someone out there is listening to Bat Dance. I'm sure of it, but no one's listening to Danny Elfman. <laughs> I mean, there, there's over seven billion people. There are not seven billion songs. There's probably like. A hundred million songs at the most. I mean, it's just it's just simple math. Math is on the side of Prince in a case like this. There's definitely more than a hundred million songs. There are on uh, the <laughs> Encyclopedia Metallum, the yeah. heavy metal band encyclopedia. There's like over a hundred thousand bands. So how many how many songs did you say there? Yeah, but were? a lot of them probably play covers. Million? A hundred million. <laughs> no, the, these are all these are mostly So that's let's see. A hundred thousand bands. Well you're saying there's a hundred thousand people. Just purely. So you're in saying the, in each one wrote genre. a million songs? No. I'm saying there's there's one hundred thousand metal bands noted to be in existence and having put out some release that they can't go on encyclopedia metallum unless they have put something out okay you're saying there's a hundred million songs maximum 
Yeah. That would uh, from yeah. Earth. From Earth. From Earth. I I think there's way more than that. If if it were left only to the metal bands to produce all the music on Earth, each one of those bands would have to write a thousand songs to uh, make a hundred million songs. Yes. That doesn't sound like that much. Some of those bands... Anal Cunt probably has written a thousand songs. The Beatles only wrote 48 songs. That's not so how could it how could it be that some death metal band from Tallahassee wrote a thousand? I'm not saying that they did write a thousand. I'm just saying that that should give you some idea that within this genre of music that probably has the least amount of action in it altogether, the bands would only have to write a thousand songs. If you then divide that by all the other genres of music, let's say there's 50 genres of music, then each band only has to write 20 songs. And this is since the dawn of time. like a lot. I think your math is flawed. Yeah, but most of the... People didn't start writing songs until like the 1930s. That's not true. Before that, there, huh? Before that, there, down. there weren't people writing songs. Have you heard of uh, Solieri? <laughs> F. F. Murray Abraham. Yes. I I can't see that dude on uh, Homeland without. Okay. You've lost that love and feeling as the most played song ever, over eight million times. Or that movie. What's the least? What's the least most played song? Uh, uh, Marty Robbins. El Paso has been played over three million times. How long is that? How long is that song? Three minutes. How is it that he did not become a more legitimate actor? That's what a that's a, a still. A million minutes. How long is that? Sixteen thousand hours. Are you thinking about it? Fuck. That's six hundred ninety-four days. No. Yeah, two years, three years. Two years. Straight. Hello. That proves that Bat Dance is being played now somewhere. Is anyone there? Did you hang up to do research?
So I guess it's just me watching uh, Begotten now, people. Of course. I don't think uh, Amsterdam realizes I turned the movie off 45 minutes ago. I'm really not comfortable having conversations by myself. I could speculate on why he hung up. Did his landlord come by? Did his... Hello? Yes. Jesus. Our internet is fucked here. Uh, I'm still recording. Did you did you stop? Uh, no, I kept recording the whole time. It was very awkward because I was talking to myself, acknowledging that uh, you were gone or whatever. I was about to start reading poetry because uh, I felt yeah, self-conscious. Yeah, I, I was talking saying, about F. Marie Abraham. Uh, where are you paused in the movie? I didn't pause. You did not just pause kept going. the movie. Okay. Where? What's your... Uh, what's I didn't your, realize you had gone. Yeah. What's your time code, or do you want to come back to where I am? I paused right when what's I yours? crapped out. Uh, what are you on right now? 5130. Okay, hold on a second. Let me see if I can nudge this back. 51. No, 53. 51, okay, looks like a guy on a ridge, Yep. yep. or something, okay, three, two, one, play. Okay, I'm going. Uh, uh, I was going to read a poem by you? Bill by uh, Bill Corbett, but you came back in time to stop me. <laughs> oh. I was interested if you had any thoughts on F. Murray Abraham. Uh, he seems okay. I I guess I asked after I got cut off, but I was wondering. I used if, to hate him. If you had any thoughts about why he never really became a world, uh, worldwide respected you mean actor like, who took on great roles he... and was consistently lauded for his performances. I think I get it. Why he as a solid decent, great, at least good actor didn't acquire yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley status or yes. uh, Daniel Day-Lewis status. Yeah. He's better than Daniel huh. Day-Lewis. Well, did he not win an Academy Award? Did he get uh, a, what do you call it, Associated Actor? What do you call the second second layer? Second uh, level of actor? Supporting. Supporting actor for uh, Amadeus? I don't know. Because that that movie won best picture, I think. Huh. Also, the guy who played Mozart is nowhere to be found either. Who? Tom Hulse? Yeah. Yeah, because everyone thinks that it was the guy from Taps. Timothy Hutton. <laughs> I swear every time I watch Amadeus, I'm I shocked when Tom Hulse walks in. Really? It's not Timothy Hutton. Oh. Yeah, I always forget. 
I guess I've never really seen anything with Timothy Hutton in it, so I'm not confused. He was in Taps. He was in uh, Ordinary People. Yeah, you're you're listing things I've never seen. Huh. I haven't seen Turk 182. Yeah. Um. Or the dark. I half. I thought that he had won. There's a there's a thing about the supporting role where it's like a curse. If you win the supporting role, you just disappear. Oh, like Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Um, what's the girl from uh, Catwoman? Um, Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry won an Oscar, and then she played fucking Catwoman. Yeah. So it's like it's considered a uh, a curse if you win those. He must have won that huh. uh, supporting role and just disappeared. Didn't there the was guy, a, the guy who won, uh, who was in Inglorious Bastards, the German Kraut, he won it, didn't he? And he seems to have parlayed it out of obscurity. Hmm. Christoph Waltz. Maybe it don't, maybe it doesn't work if you were obscure before that. Ah, uh, yeah. It or ends a career, foreign. but it also begins a career. If the career did not exist, it kickstarts it. If it was present but not generally well regarded, it just ends it. Um, except for in the case of maybe that actress uh, Monique. She recently threw a tirade because she hasn't become rich and famous uh, for getting a, that award in Precious. The novel by Push from Sapphire, the whatever the title the was. Push by Sapphire. <laughs> she, yeah. She was in that's the Sapphire Push movie. Yeah. Wait, what's the title of the movie? She was in that movie, and she won. I think she was like a stand-up comic, but she won this the best supporting actress role. And she, now that was like five or ten years ago. Yeah, and has done hasn't done jack shit since then, as far as film roles go. But she does constantly give interviews that she's furious that she has been blackballed or what have you, and can't get roles, and people are against her. And she, why hasn't she become rich? Why doesn't she have any yeah. money? Well, she still probably has more money than ninety nine percent of Americans do, and is more popular and famous. But I guess she wonders why she's not an F. Murray Abraham status. Uh, huh. I, isn't she, though? <laughs> but I I don't know. I don't know much about the movie or who she was before and after, but I think even though you win one of those awards, you still have to try. Like, I think it's still hard to be in Hollywood. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's easy to get panned or, like, overlooked because there's millions of other people who want your job. I mean, if they were gonna hire Monique for something and she didn't call, she didn't call him back, and I did, I'd get the role, just because I called back. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. Look at Lindsay Lohan. She didn't try. We appear to be entering a swamp in the movie. Yeah, 
Looks like All a right. bunch of garbage a, bags. A bog, maybe. Hmm. Uh, this guy did an actual movie uh, with Willem Dafoe. That uh, Shadow, was it Shadow Antichrist? of the Vampire. No, Shadow of the Vampire, oh. the one about the filming of Nosferatu, where huh. the guy playing the vampire was an actual vampire. That's what the movie was led you to believe. Willem Dafoe played the creature. I guess you didn't see that. No, I didn't see either one. Or however many you're talking about. I thought you were a big Willem Dafoe fan for some reason. Uh, I'm a fan of him. I don't think I've seen all of his work. But yeah. he was he was one of the people that I said that if a movie if he's in a movie, I will give give it some credit. Yeah. It can't be all that bad if he's in it. Uh solely on the fact he was, was such a hero of mine from Platoon. Ah, uh, right. Also also Streets of Fire. He's totally awesome. Uh and probably in To Live and Die. To live oh, and die yeah. in L.A., but I've only seen that in French, so I don't know if what oh, his really? performance. Yeah, his his dialogue was dubbed, but from what I could see, looked okay. He's pretty awesome in it. Uh, I think it's probably your duty as a film tweaker to see all of his films. I'm working on the uh, Nicolas Cage right now. To see all his, and it's you, tough going. Are you still working on that? You've been doing that for years. I don't watch. I'm not watching them in sequence in a row. I'm watching other things in the middle, like the Rocky series, interspersed yeah. in between. I think you need to just bang it out and move on with your life, because he's just going to keep making them. You're you're never going to succeed until he's dead. My life continues to go on when I'm not watching it. I didn't put anything on hold to watch these movies. Uh, later on, when I get off this tweak and I'm out with my friends at the park, you know, like flying kites and having a picnic, I'm not thinking to myself, i got to get those Nicolas Cage movies out of the way. We're just out yeah, there having the danger, a good time in the sun. The danger is that you could die and not complete the mission. Those those few seconds that you're lying on the trolley tracks are just going to be consumed with your regret of not having seen Bangkok Dangerous. I may have seen that one. I don't really know which ones I've seen without looking at a list. Uh, I need to watch Face Off again since I said it was one of his best movies ever. Yeah, I he might be good in it, but I can't get over the fact that John Travolta's so obnoxious in it. That's what that's it was I think the the thing was some some T V channel was saying what are Nicolas Cage's best performances. Yeah. And they said kick ass. They only said that because they were playing kick ass that night at yeah. eight. Uh it's not a great movie, nor is I it see. a great performance by by him. It's not now in his top five. Face Off is better because he plays the crazy. He plays himself, the crazy guy, the crazy killer. Then he has to play John Travolta as a straight cop. 
Then he has to play John Travolta trying not to be the crazy guy. He plays at least three different roles in that movie. Hmm. So that was a better performance than uh, whatever he did in Kick-Ass. I'm sure. Which was terrible. Uh, everything that guy is involved with is terrible. The writer of Kick-Ass. Oh, not you're not talking about Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I don't know. I keep waiting for that guy to, you know, make a comeback. He, there was that movie, Joe, which I haven't yeah. seen, but it seemed like people were talking about it as his return to serious cinema. Yeah, uh, it came out around the same time as, like, the uh, one where Matthew McConaughey was living in the river and stuff. Oh, Mud. Mud, and... Yeah. uh I was interested in seeing Joe. Like, finally, he's going to be in this great film, and he'll be winning accolades and so forth. But I never watched it because it came out, and I didn't realize it. Then it disappeared from the theaters, and it's been a couple years now. Yeah, I saw it in the video store on Saturday, uh, but did not bring it to It just seems like a thing that I'm... I'm glad they made it, and it seems like I should watch it, but I don't want to sit through it. Kind of like the Russian Ark. <laughs> it seems like, even though you wanted I'll just, everyone I'll just be, in Philadelphia be to happy. go out and watch it at screen on the green, they were asking for requests. So I was trying to give them some useful ideas of movies that families might want to enjoy watching uh, outdoors. Did they write back to you and tell them to tell you to leave them alone? No. <laughs> I assume everyone else was doing the same thing. Have you seen all of those things that you listed? No. Oh, okay. I don't even know what I, know I had done. You wouldn't watch Anthropophagus with me uh, when I brought it to Philadelphia. You made me watch Pelts instead. And if you had gone back to see it on your own. Or that movie about the roach uh, I, assaulting a woman. I've seen... <laughs> wait. Yeah, I've seen Wages of Fear. I've seen Hellraiser, Irreversible... Now I've seen part of Begotten. I slept through Pelts. Uh, I've seen Videodrome. I have not seen The Nest. I've not seen The Russian Ark. Uh, you haven't seen Russian Ark? Yeah, we Ark? watched Pelts together on the couch. I slept through half of it. Oh, really? Huh. Uh, no, not bad. all of it. I bought a copy, and I think <laughs> I watched 10 minutes of it and figured I, I get the idea. Yeah. I don't need to watch the rest of it to get credit for it. I don't remember John uh, Saxon ha- being in it. I remember Meatloaf. A, a day. Yeah, I didn't know he. I didn't know Saxon was even alive when Pelts came out. He's alive now. I have not seen the Corpse Grinders. Yeah, that one was news to me. I had never heard of that. Apparently, a, a human being falls into a cat food manufacturing machine. Mm. So the cats get a taste of human flesh. So they start eating people. Then I guess I guess uh, a, a human company continues to kill people to feed cats to keep them at bay. <laughs> it was noteworthy to me because the singer, uh, vocalist of Cannibal Corpse is named Corpse Grinder. Hmm. I had never known where 
he took his name. I think the Corpse Grinders could have used a better name. I mean, it doesn't really have much to do with with the the plot of the film. I mean, it could have had a cat a cat centric, a feline centric title. Yeah. But I guess Strays was already taken, as was Night of a Thousand Cats. <laughs> but corpse grinders could be anything. You could grind up corpses for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And and cats could eat people for a lot of reasons that had nothing to do with ground up corpses. I think the begotten could be called corpse grinders. Hmm. I thought on, this was about uh, birth. Now. Or corpse... <laughs> destroyed by a sharpened <laughs> stick. Everyone is begotten, so I'm not sure why they picked this as the title. I think you just have latched onto something. This is about everyone. Being begotten really isn't that special. All of us are begotten. This is this is about us. It's about everyone. Hmm. It's about the human condition. Why do you think this movie isn't just like nine minutes long? Well, it's only 72 long. This seems like something a freshman in college might make when Hmm. they've been listening to Marilyn Manson and are trying to shock the world, not realizing that everything's already been done. This guy might have been a freshman in college. I don't think we know that. I don't think it's possible to know whether that's the truth or not. This is like the equivalent of the Bad Religion logo. (laughs) They're playing uh, in my hometown in a few weeks. I don't know know what your hometown is. found really sad. I'm interested in going down uh, when they play to look at the line of people standing outside and live tweet them. A bunch of washed up old ordinary people, ordinary fucking people. By the way, yeah. that was uh, that was great. And Repo Man, Repo Man, Repo Man, uh, when you actually played some clips or a clip from the movie. That sounds familiar. I thought that was very effective and uh, entertaining since it's got to be the case that nobody actually listens to this with the movie playing. Say that again? There's no way on earth that anybody actually listens to this period, but especially not with the movie playing in the background. So I thought injecting some clips, if it wasn't uh, any kind of intellectual property infringement, copyright issue. I think you're allowed allowed to do it for for criticism purposes. I mean, when you watch Entertainment Tonight, which I do nightly, They'll show a clip about <laughs> something and then they'll discuss it. Uh, I think it's fair use. Uh, I'm not sure where fair use ends. 
Um, I think the fair use on Wikipedia is often quite dubious, what they consider fair use. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why I did that. There was a reason for it. I think because I demanded that Deshaun be quiet until I heard it. <laughs> but I said be quiet so I can listen to this, and it took like five minutes for it to get to that point, and I didn't want to keep saying be quiet, so I just made it be quiet for like five minutes straight. But then there was a big silence in the movie, so I had to add it. I'll have to go back and hear it, figure out why I did it. Um, but to answer your question, no, like I'm looking at uh, our Twitter feed now, which can be found at twitter.com slash film tweakers uh, of last weekend's twankings. And I watched only one of those seven movies that weekend. Uh, I haven't even, and I've only seen one, two, three, four, five of them in my entire life. So to to the point, no, not everything I post on here is necessarily true. Oh, so you didn't actually watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Three? I was gonna warn no. you that that's not one. Of oh, that was this ones. weekend. No, last weekend I posted uh seven movies, and the only reason I picked them is I went to a website that has movie streaming. I just typed in the first ones that appeared on the screen. <laughs> Uh, and then I had to pick a couple that had to write a number of letters in the title. But on the Friday the 13th, I did not watch any of those films uh, uh, that night. If I even watched the movie, I don't know. I hope no listeners are hearing this and now are going to call me a liar next time they see a tweak. Can I... Can I point something out uh, about maybe whether this guy is a pretentious douche or not who made this movie? All of the information I find about him, like the title of the file that I bought of the movie and his name on the web, says E. Elias Marriage. But all of the uh, credits... In the closing credits, say Edmund E. Marriage. Like he couldn't pick which pretentious initial version to go with in his name. The first one is much more pretentious. E. Elias Marriage is more pretentious than Edmund E. Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. F. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham is much more pretentious than Frank A. Abraham. Yeah. Is his name Frank? The F probably stands for something like Frank for Francis. Filippo. There aren't that many. Uh, he's, he's, <coughs> he's named names after Brunelleschi, I think, isn't he? What did that guy go by? He just went by his last name only. Filippo. No one ever says. No one ever says Filippo's dome. They, they just say Brunelleschi's dome. Michelangelo, too. They were all pretentious, just using mononyms. Michelangelo was his first name, though. Brunelleschi was the last name. I thought his first name was Peter. No, his last name was Buonarotti. Michelangelo Buonarotti. Antoninini? 
Uh, that's somebody um, else. Speaking of names, yeah. Are you are you done with uh, begotten? Yes, it's over. Speaking of names, how how are you doing on Archer? Because I've, I know you watch that show. I've fallen off. Uh, fallen off. I we've been having internet problems at our house. Uh, very slow connection. Uh, that's why it crapped out earlier. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of... I came home one day uh, after work. was going to have some lunch and watch an episode. And tried to start it, and it didn't work. And I have not tried again since then, even though the connection has gotten somewhat better since then. Yeah. That sounds like an okay plan. Is it uh that's what I was last time I talked to you you said that it had it had recovered its footing after the wretched season opener. Are you still yeah, the, confident about the that? The opener was one of the worst and they've progressively gotten better, I think, as a whole. The last one was pretty good, number ten. Huh. Wow. Uh but the previous one, nine I think it was. I think it's nine and ten. Not the latest, not from two days ago, but from whatever, nine days ago. It wasn't bad, but it I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a couple of scenes, and also the language they start using seem very odd. I mean, huh. they always have had curse words and like risque scenes, but they had both some new language they have not used in the past, hmm. and uh, also the way they shot, I'll say, filmed a certain scene was kind of provocative uh, and not shocking because it's words that I've probably said and I've probably seen these things happen before but it seemed kind of extreme for that show. Do you think uh, it was some kind of homage? And it might have been that way because it's an- it was animated which made it seem so weird because you knew someone had to do it uh, but uh-huh. it seemed like a departure. I haven't read any commentary about it yet to see if anyone else thought but I felt kind of weird watching it and also hearing people say these things. It'd make more sense once you, if you ever watch that show. Uh, yeah, I'll watch it again. I didn't realize there have been ten. I, I think they're up to ten now. I think last time we spoke you had seen like six or seven. I've gotten up to seen, the uh, one with the the fake... Uh, elevator? No, I've seen that. The one where yeah. Lana hires some guy to with Archer while he's babysitting. Oh, I think that's like eight. You're up, you're getting close there. Uh, huh. Yeah. Maybe you missed one in between, but I think that one was kind of recent. I don't know. Maybe I've got the numbers wrong. I think the ten was the last one. So it's thought we do a mini uh, archer tweak. I'll try to I'll try to catch up so that uh, when we watch the next movie, which I'm not going to say. Uh yeah. Something tells me that you're going to disappear for the next two tweaks. <laughs> I've got a sneaking suspicion that this is the last time we'll ever hear from Amsterdam Houston. Uh no, I'll be back. I I've, uh, I've never seen either of the upcoming two movies, so I'm curious. I noticed that you sent me a personal private message saying that uh, Nightcrawler 
was the best film ever made in Los Angeles, or the best film with a Los Angeles character. I think that's I what you're think, telling me. I did not think the movie was that great. The people at the video store told me it was mind-blowing and was better than Taxi Driver. No. Which I don't agree with even remotely. But I thought the representation of Los Angeles was pretty pretty excellent. Yeah. Uh it was it was relatively thorough. It covered a lot of ground. Uh and didn't rely on really obvious kind of shots and tropes. There was no bridge, no bridge scene. At the Hollywood sign or in front of the library tower. Yeah, no Hollywood sign, no bridge scene, no Blade Runner tunnel. He did sit on Venice Beach for a second, which was pretty awesome. Uh, Does any of that take place in daylight? Yeah, the scene where he steals that guy's bike in Venice Beach <laughs> is, is in daylight. I see. Oh, oh, the opener. That's the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It's like the second scene. No, the he breaks. He's breaking. He's, he's stealing chain link fence. Yeah, he breaks the thing, breaks into a place. Um. Then after that, he goes and steals that guy's bike with, and he's got his hair in a top knot. I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it was mind blowing. No, not at all. It was a well made film, very consistent. You know, wrestler level consistency, but I don't think it was mind blowing. Yeah. I find it weird you said it was a number one movie film you haven't seen. Um, You haven't seen Repo Man or uh, Less Than Zero or Barton Fink. I have seen Barton Fink. Hmm. Barton Fink took place in a Los Angeles that I've never been to, so maybe uh, Nightcrawler can can replace that one. Uh, I would say that Nightcrawler and Drive are probably attempting similar representations of Los Angeles, but Drive was more ham-fisted and dumb, and that Nightcrawler was just... Drive was dumb. Yeah. that Nightcrawler was just set in Los Angeles and used it to great effect, Yeah, but Drive was... I don't know. Seemed like it was trying to exploit it rather than just use it. Collateral is another awesome one to take place in Los Angeles. Uh, I have not seen. Though that I don't either. know when someone who's never that. been there or lived there, someone who's never lived in LA, probably has a certain idea what Los Angeles is like. Yeah. Those of us who had the chance to live somewhere else and live in Los Angeles see it very differently. And to me, Collateral shows. Shows what it's like to be there more so than uh, drive wood or what did I say? The Flamingo Kid? No, not not that one. Um, what's you did the one? Mention the Flamingo Kid? Yeah, I was wrong. I think that takes place in like Brighton Beach or something. Uh, I was trying to think of the other one that has John Cusack in it, where he's driving out to Los Angeles to like get laid. Oh, the Sure Thing. The sure thing is the image, I think. His image that they show of him thinking about L.A. is what people think L.A. is like. Hmm. When I think Collateral is probably closer to the truth or uh, Nightcrawler. 
or the other movies that I insisted we watch. Or Reservoir Dogs. Well, also, I was I was musing when I was listening to the Repo Man about Sean's comments that David Lynch was like the Woody Allen of Los Angeles. Then when I thought about it, really, hardly hardly any of his movies really focus on Los Angeles that much. Mulholland Drive is probably the main one. I guess Mulholland Drive takes place exclusively in Los Angeles. Uh, Lost Highway is partly in Los Angeles, but is in the desert a lot. And Inland Empire is like in Poland and all kinds of other crazy places. So I don't know. I, I would not... It, revisiting that, I would say that's a an erroneous assumption. David Lynch is like my anti-Nicolas Cage. I'm trying to never see a Nic- <laughs> uh, David Lynch film or have show. You, have you succeeded? Uh, the closest I've come is why I watched uh, Dune by oh, Alan yeah. Smithy. Oh, you saw Alan Smithy. You haven't seen The Elephant Man? It was before I knew who David Lynch was, so it doesn't oh, count. Okay, that's fair. I guess I saw that iPhone video he made <laughs> that he made such an ass of himself in that I'm justified not watching his stuff. Yeah. Uh, but is anyone really that good? I know you love that guy, but is there anyone that's really just great consistently? I don't think there is. What do you mean, a director? Or Yeah, a director or just anyone. Anyone who ever creates anything. Uh, there are people yeah. who made one or two good things, but I think majority of things everybody makes is terrible. I mean, look at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would say... Uh, John Kennedy Tool was uh, <laughs> yeah. across the board successful in his work. Yeah, 100% of that guy's work is yeah. of high caliber. He did the Way right to thing, go. though. He, he's like the, the poster child of film tweakers. That could Maybe we could work his name into our you should have O'Tooled yourself. <laughs> Upon this should have been your confederacy of dunces. Yeah. Like you killed yourself before you even knew that the world was gonna get to see it. You didn't you didn't even get to bask in the glory of it for one second. I saw that uh Kevin Smith is gonna make a sequel to Mall Rats. <laughs> which I mean, actually like five years ago he, he was so upset that everybody hated his latest movie, which it happens every time he makes one, honestly, that he was just never going to make a film again. He threw a tantrum and said he's never going to make films again, and he's since made like three movies since yeah. saying that, or announced more movies like Clerks 5 and uh, this Mallrats thing. But why? Why would he make Mallrats 2? Why would he make a sequel to a movie everyone hated 20 years ago, or more, more than 20 years ago? I mean, I don't have a lot of great ideas, but I, I, at least have more than one. Yeah. Just make something else. Just do something else. I don't get that guy. Yeah, I sure couldn't tell you. I think uh, back to the, the O'Tooling. That's really the only way to do it, because if you, if you stick around long enough, to see that, you've made your greatest creation and that the world is 
better for it, you're going to be seduced into trying again. Yeah. And then you'll feel worse. You'll feel worse because you'll never reach those heights, most likely. No one no one ever has yeah. had, had a follow-up that was greater than the original. But also, you'd be upset that, yeah, you, you'd constantly be working at it, living in its shadow, but also failing at the new thing, mm-hmm. which would be even more reason to kill yourself. But he didn't even know. Yeah, he didn't care. He didn't care if it was published or read. He just wanted to write that book. All he wanted to do was create it. Well, he tried to publish it. Someone buying it or what have you. He you think he killed hard. himself because no one published it? Say that again. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he he tried really hard to get it published, and I think he was uh, heartbroken. Of course, I don't know him, but from what I've read. My understanding was that he was heartbroken by it, and that's why his mother went to such great lengths to get it in front of people. I thought we agreed that people kill themselves for internal reasons, not because of things that are happening around them. Didn't we reach that conclusion? Uh, are you saying that at things least, that happen at least around adults. people cannot affect their internal state? <laughs> well, like uh, some, like when Robert Williams killed himself... People like uh, Rush Limbaugh and not Sean Hannity. Who's the other guy in Fox that sucks? Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly was saying, oh, it's because he was broke or something. He didn't have, he he wasn't a millionaire or he didn't have enough money to do whatever. Like, I don't think that's why people kill themselves just because, or when someone's really happy and the people can't believe. Like the guy with the cat in his senior photo killed himself uh, last month. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you didn't hear about that? It was sort of sad, this uh, sort of sad. It was it was 100% sad, not even sort of. There was this uh, high school senior who, you know, uh, unrelated to the suicide story, I guess I should have led with this. He was, uh, he took his cat to like his senior photo shoot, you know, for the yearbook. It was one of those laser things. You stand in front of the lasers, you know what I'm talking about? The laser backdrop. Uh, no. Anyway, he was... Have you ever, seen a, you ever seen a elementary school or seen high school yearbook photo? Yeah, I had a senior picture yes. taken. There were no lasers involved. They have, like, different backdrops, like the gray backdrop or, like, a brick wall with some trees backdrop, and then there's a laser backdrop. I didn't get that I know that you've option. seen... I didn't get the laser. Huh. They're not real lasers. They're just airbrushed onto like a piece of vinyl or something. Okay. But in a photograph, it looks like you're standing in front of lasers. I know you've seen. I know that you've seen one. I don't. I know you have. It really doesn't but, uh, stand out to me. Even but, okay. But forget the on. lasers. It, it seems like it's probably it could, not really relevant. It could have been Mount Rushmore for the relevance. Yeah. It, the point was he had a cat with him. So he posed with this cat. And uh, he wanted it for his yearbook photo, and the school was like, no, that's stupid. You can't do it. And like, well, but people are posing with their footballs or their pom-poms or their chess pieces, and my cat's what's most important to me. I want my cat. So they gave him shit, uh, and I think he, he had – there was like an online petition and everything for it. It was, an, it was a national meme for a week or so. And I think he didn't get to use the photo – in like his senior portrait area, but what they did was post it like uh, on some special page, like 
animal page or something. So they still use the photo or whatever. And it was a nice photo of the guy with his cat. Uh, and he was like, whatever, 17, 18, however old a teenager is. And then later on in the year, like nine months later, after we all forgot about Laser Cat, uh, he killed himself. And people were saying, why would someone who seems so happy and like gets all this online attention, everyone loved this photo. Why would he kill himself? We all loved what he did. You know, we all loved Patch Adams and uh, whatever sees the day is from. Why would Robin Williams kill himself? I'm saying people do this because they have an illness, not because of things that are happening around them. Like, you're not sad. Look, people like your photograph. Don't kill yourself. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. now you're right. I don't feel bad. He probably had... If his shit had been published, he probably still would have been upset about something, I think. Yeah, but that's that's also probably just as reductive as saying what you're saying that Bill O'Reilly said. Well, I don't think 100% happens either way. Like when that yeah. little girl jumps in front of the trolley tracks because people are making fun of her clothes, she probably did it for external reasons only. Maybe would not have been unhappy the rest of her life, but probably just wasn't thinking. I think there's some of both. Yeah. But considering the guy was a writer and was probably somewhat aware and mature, something tells me he might have had other issues. Not just, oh, well, I can't get this published. Made fun Here, of me I'll in just the die. Locker room in, in junior high and asked me if I got Clearasil for Christmas. I didn't go kill myself. No, well, most of us don't. Yeah, so there's a confluence. There's There's external factors and there's internal factors. John Kennedy Toole probably was a depressive personality, but he might have the the events of his failure might have precipitated the suicide. I suspect he was going to kill himself, but no, I mean he was going to kill himself and he wanted a book published. He didn't get it published in the time he was willing to be alive for. Not that one led to the next. Yeah. I'm not saying he set a deadline like, I'm going to kill myself on my 35th birthday. He was going to kill himself that day, regardless. As it happened, he also never got the book published. And it also upset him. Yeah. But he probably would have killed himself if he had zits uh, at that age. Well, regardless. Or if he lived with his mom. Uh, I think it's a useful touchstone for our our conversations about mandatory suicide or encouraged. You don't even have to kill yourself. You could just row yourself out into the ocean and live on a desert island or take up playing the French horn or something. Yeah. Just disappear from that industry or that culture or what have you unless you know what you're doing like uh, the guy from Badlands did he didn't die he just said fuck it I made Badlands I'm gonna go live in France and teach English for the next 40 years he didn't have to die he just had to realize that his next movie was gonna blow and I think it almost did 40 years later the thin red line uh he made uh, The New World, which was okay. Thin Red Line was good, 
The New World was okay. He did something since then that... Oh, the uh, one with Brad Pitt. I that we can't that even was. remember the title of. Tree of Life? That's that what Tree I was of talking Life? about earlier okay, for 15 yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah, no one likes that movie. Uh, he may as well not have made it. Right. He should have just cemented his legacy with the other one and quit. Uh, did Did you just get that email from Deshaun? He's He's not going to be here today. He's not going to be able to be on. Let me just check and make sure. Uh, in the meantime, I, I think we should, I think we should wrap wrap up. We're put, we're pushing the envelope on this one. Yeah, I don't know about this. This one seems pretty brief to me. It's two hours long. <laughs> Some of them are like three hours long. I know because of the shit. That's well, this not, movie was short. That's not ideal, I don't think. <sighs> okay. Well, it's also going to be trimmed, so this won't be a full two hours. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like to say, this is Roscoe signing off. I'd like to say thank you to all our tweet cards for joining us for Begotten. Um, Amsterdam, is there anything you'd like to add to bring us home on this film tweak? Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. And don't call things metaphors if they're just things. As as Oscar says in uh, the office, it's not a coincidence. It's just something that happened. Metaphors have to be metaphors to be metaphors. They're not just things that are what they are. Yeah, and all you all you kids out there who have zits all over your face and ass and <laughs> who can't afford members only jackets, don't think that's the end uh i would i would say that as as they say it gets better but it really doesn't your yeah. life's gonna be terrible forever but don't think that it's like an anomaly life just is awful the whole time your, so your skin hang probably will clear up though if that's if that's your main hang up you'll get a jacket it won't be members only but Just hang in there you have been listening to film tweakers Please visit on the web at filmtweakers.com to hear more movies getting tweaked. You can also find us on iTunes as well as at twitter.com slash filmtweakers. Send us an email or tweet us a tweet if you'd like to tweak our performance or to suggest the next film. <laughs>